that informs you about their culture too, right? Then, then so. it tells me that they're just bored. Everyone does what they're told. Welcome to the Breaking HR Podcast, where we wrestle with employment challenges for entrepreneurs, business leaders, and HR professionals. Here are your hosts, Jesse and Nathan. So welcome to the podcast. Obviously, I'm Jesse. You've met Nathan. You've met both of us. Megan, welcome today. We're going to have you, you tell guys. us a little bit about your journey through interview. Yeah, no problem, guys. I'm super excited to be here today with you. Uh, yes, I'm excited to talk about my experience in interviewing uh, just because uh, it, within the last year, I, you know, stepped away from my career due to family reasons and then getting back into the workplace, I was going through a lot of interviews. And so when we last connected, I said, well, hey, I'd love to tell you about some of the things that I've gone through recently, what, what I think, you know, goes well and what doesn't go well. Um, so, yeah, I would, you know, maybe if there's a question in particular. I'm thinking about this. Great. So, OK, great. You know, a lot of what I see in here is on the employer side of the journey, right? It's, you know, this about candidates or that, how they're having a difference between when they meet somebody virtually, as we're doing today or when they meet them in person. That's something I'm hearing a lot on the employer side. Have you had any differences or, or can you tell me a little bit about that experience of interviewing mostly virtually and, and then mm -hmm. the difference between virtually and in person that you're seeing? Wow, that's a, that's a really great call out. Yeah, I would say, you know, pre-pandemic, it was always in person, right? That always. was that That was sort of expected. It was almost like maybe more higher levels uh, because I was in mostly what would be considered remote markets, being from Winnipeg and then Edmonton, um, you know, the bigger cities would have C-suites, et cetera. So maybe they would dial in digitally. However, Boom. now it is actually the, the first reflex is digital. So Boom. here's what I'll say. One, a couple of the things that I've noticed is you can tell a lot about the culture, I believe, from how the person shows up on camera so okay. that can mean a number of things you know i had one where they invited me to zoom and i show mm -hmm. up and their camera's off oh that sounds that sounds like a red flag <laughs> right so then all of a sudden then there, there i am like you know camera ready and i and i have my camera on and then i and then i say oh will you be on camera today and she goes oh actually i'm feeling a little bit under the weather so <laughs> oh okay all right well <laughs> I, I guess that's how it's gonna be what you have this is the beauty of it being digital you know what i mean hey. and i think that anyway so that was really strange um and then near the end of the interview she actually she was like oh i really like you so i'll turn my camera on now for you Okay, okay. And she was fine. It wasn't look like she looked like a hot mess or anything. She just looked like maybe she felt a bit under the weather, which I think we as people can understand. So can you tell me a bit more what that makes you think? So if I'm yeah. interviewing you and I go through that and, hey, I'm not feeling great, I'm not going to go on camera. Like, yeah. what does that tell you? What do you feel in that? Well, already it feels strange, right? And, it, and it, I think that it also... Uh, it, it felt very much like I was in a fishbowl because then I was like, well, I'll leave my camera on so that you can see me. But then that's a very <laughs> disarming situation of just speaking into a void, right? You just hear this voice. 
What um, does that, sorry to jump back. I no, just, yeah, yeah. I realized I asked the same question. What I meant to say is, what does that inform you about the culture? Because that's what you were kind of oh, alluding to oh, earlier. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that experience, what does that inform you about the culture? Yeah. Well, this particular individual, I think it was actually not reflective of the culture so much about her. So yeah. I think that's the interesting part is that later on, she actually did a very poor job of following up with me. And I had to contact another person within the organization to say, hey, it's been six weeks since I've heard from you. So anything? Six weeks. So then they were like, <laughs> oh my goodness, we're so sorry. And then to add insult to injury, this was actually the second time I've interviewed with that particular organization. And I didn't want to do the second interview, but they asked me to and they were like, no, we want it. And I said, but last time you didn't get back to me after the after the second interview. So I don't I don't want to do that again. And then the exact same thing happened again. And then I believe that person ended up leaving um, their position at, shortly after. So I think that it's, um, you know, from an HR perspective, I guess, you know, it it doesn't make me think that they I don't know, not that I want somebody to be fake or inauthentic, but how you're showing up in terms of both not wanting to be on camera and also not following up with me makes me just feel like you're not in it at all. Mm -hmm. You talk about cameras on, cameras off. What about dress? Now I'm looking at if three of us are dressed, <laughs> two of us are dressed in one way and one, no, I'm just bugging you, Jesse, but what, <laughs> one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> but I was wearing a t-shirt before this. You should have kept the t-shirt. Then I would have no. been the <laughs> No, no, because I knew that it was like to be recorded. And so, but that's actually really interesting you say that. So I ended up moving my setup down here and I made my backdrop, like I'm I'm aware of like what it looks like. And actually- Yeah, it looks like a staged set. It's beautiful. Someone said that they were like, Megan, can I take a picture of your room so yeah. I can use it as my Zoom backdrop? <laughs> And so, but that actually, that's problematic, right? Because then that all of a sudden uh, introduces class, right? right? That introduces economic class um, because if somebody has a really, maybe what would seem as an aesthetically appealing home that puts you in a different echelon, right? So why is that bad? I think it's bad to base anybody on their class, um, but that's just my personal opinion. Yeah. I think that... Um, that's why I think it is really nice. Actually, the two of you are doing the other option. So I'm going like, oh, natural. You see my yeah. real environment. I see a fuzzy background of Nathan's environment. So I think he's in an office. It looks like yeah. he's in an office. And Jesse is in a really cool like street art <laughs> subway, which I know you're not actually there. Um, but your, so your dress like matches a, that, filtered background. Oh, see, there you go. Now I can see your office and I see yeah. a and Jesse looks around. like a rapper. That's Jesse. Yeah. So, but I, I do think that, you know, in terms of like what your backdrop looks like, like, man, that's a, that's a tricky one. Cause like, what if you've got uh -huh. a whole bunch of, I, I know one time I, I felt really stressed because my daughter had a whole bunch of toys set up into one corner. And I noticed when I was on the call, I was like, oh my God, the toys I didn't realize. So then now these all are of a sudden, all some feel, interesting things to think about. Like you never would have thought of that before. No. No. Oh, I guess that's why some companies are mandating like this is the background we use if you want to use a background. Okay. So, but again, that informs you about their culture too, right? Then, then so. it tells me that they're just bored. Everyone does what they're told. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm just, I, I'm so interested in this now that we're going into it because I, 
I think about my background way too much. I, I usually don't do the fake ones because I find that it, it, my head shape looks funny in them. And I just say, Jesse, oh, really? Right, you got to okay. wear a tube. Yeah. The, well, yeah, because the hair is where it gets weird. And so I usually yeah. do the blur thing um, as my default because in case a kid walks in, you can kind of, you can catch it. Before. Oh, see? Isn't oh. that interesting that both of us had insecurities around being a parent? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. And just like the very real tension that we all face between what we think as being professional yeah. cannot also be a parent. So for three and a half or almost four years, I worked at home out of, yeah. out of my house. I remember trying desperately to hide the fact that I worked at home. I would, yeah. you know, I would. For, I would take all these weird measures to ensure, oh no, and I would, I would never have clients. Oh, he's got I the panic room office? set up. <laughs> well, for sure. Clients would say, can I come to your office? And I would say, no, no, I'll go to you. And it was like this yeah. weird, mm -hmm. and because it was not okay to work from home, especially if you're in finance or if you're in any kind of professional, like okay. you need an office. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't wait to get into an office when I moved it was the best thing ever. All of a sudden now I'm legitimate. And now I but don't you're still blurring your background. <laughs> yeah. And and then when COVID hit, I worked from home a bit mm -hmm. or it was okay to work from home. And if your kids walked in, everyone was like, oh, that's so fine. That's great. You know, yeah. oh, I'll say hi to you. And it was all this because everyone's kids were at home. So it was right. this, and yeah. I'm, I'm talking March 2020 to the end of the right. school year. It was no excuses and it was okay. But now I'm finding I'm a little more embarrassed when my kids walk in because at this mm. point, we're two years, almost three years later, I shouldn't yeah. have that figured out. And mostly my kids aren't really home when I'm home working, but every once in a while they are. And yeah. But why is that figured it out? Why, why does that mean figured it out? Like, why well, is it that we cannot continue to have more transparency of what it means to be a working professional and a parent? Because yeah. at the end of the day, Wait. like, and I think that, you know, from like a woman's perspective, I will say this, I do actually feel I was, uh, I, I didn't receive a job offer recently uh, because of me being a parent. That's because I, I said, I'm a single mom who co-parents and I indicated how my schedule works right now and how it works really well, et cetera. And when I was asking for feedback on the candidate who got the position over me, I could tell there was just like this underlying current of, and, and I'm almost positive it was a man who got the role. So I think that there's a lot to be said, like how you're feeling this like pressure to not show your life as, as a father. Mm -hmm. I think that like many women, we have feared even becoming pregnant. Like I know like mm -hmm. back in the day, I would know of women who are trying to climb the corporate ladder and then I was, oh, you got engaged. Like, where's your ring? And they're like, well, I'm not wearing it to work. Because as soon as they think that I'm married, then they think that I'm going to be knocked up and I'm not going to be able to get that promotion that I'm gunning for. And that's a very real thing, right? So I just think in general, what the pandemic mm -hmm. I'm hoping is teaching us, like, first of all, is that work is not everything, right? Like yeah. that we have to have a better, and it's not even a balance. It's the integration of work and into your life not work at yeah. life. It's like, no, our life is our life and work is a piece of that pie, you know? Oh, right. I couldn't that agree more. That I just threw at you. That's perfect though, because I, I do think that that's the way of the future. And, and it, 
and going back mm. a little bit, I think the unlearning that's happened so fast and unraveling, it's it's kind of mm. like those those businesses that have, have taken the hard line, like everybody back to the office, it's the same sort of thing. We almost have to collectively remember and move forward with what we've remembered, not unravel it. Mm. Um, but I want to jump ahead on a question because this is another one I was thinking of. Tell me a little bit about applying, like how some are very, you know, some, yeah. Do I mean like some, sometimes you go to apply and it's super simple, send an email here. Other times you have to create a profile and do 16 steps. Great question. I'd say the old adage is of, it's not what you know, it's who you know, still reigns true, right? Like I think that 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 networking is still uh, incredibly important. Definitely the companies that have the create a profile, thanks, but no thanks. I would have to be really interested in order to do that. And I just think that, you know, that goes back to the fact that time is our greatest currency because mm. it is our only non-renewable resource that I think people very quickly make that decision of not worth my time. So that actually happened to me the other day. I saw a job. I was like, oh, that that looks kind of fun because I'm always looking on the job boards, right? Like I'm just always seeing what's out there. Um, and so when I when I saw a position, I was like, oh, that's a really cool one. Clicked on it. Oh, you need to make a profile. Yeah. So, no, tell, that's fine. Tell me about that because I haven't applied for a job in years. What is making a profile? Like is that on the company website? Is that a LinkedIn yeah. thing? So if I'm if I'm looking like primarily like where I'm going to find these postings is going to be through Indeed or actually through LinkedIn. That's that's primarily where I'm looking these days is under the jobs. And the nice thing is they recommend jobs for you based on your uh, what's in your resume and what's in your work history. Um, And then there's also you can filter by region or by company, like lots of fun things. Indeed's also kind of the catch all. But I think that for where I'm at in my career. I think that those are a little bit more entry-level, mid-level positions. And so I think I'm moving more towards the LinkedIn aspect of things. So yes, typically you would apply directly through LinkedIn or Indeed. But to Jesse's point, some are as simple as there's actually an option you can do on LinkedIn called Easy Apply. And it's like a one button and it just shoots off your resume and shares your profile with the poster. Those are fantastic, right? Because that's like... agreed. I already have it. Time is a currency, right? Like, so I appreciate that. I click on it. It's already off. That's great info for our uh, like listeners, because where, where are people looking and, you know, as a person posting jobs, where's the best mm-hmm. post? Because it's also time sensitive to do all these different areas of posting or you. Well, they all have costs yeah. too, not just time, right? Yeah. You have to manage budget Watch and time mm-hmm. and maximize yeah. The quality of candidates. One I wanted to ask was, was there going through these interviews, was there any question that stood out to you as one you really liked or like was appreciated? Mm. Okay. Not a question. Okay. I'm going to tell you the, the interview that I have appreciated the most over the last oh, yeah. Yeah. year. Tell us more about that. I like that. Oh man. So remember, okay. So I told you about the gal who was like, <laughs> No camera, right? Sick it's, and no camera. Okay. So we remember her. The very next interview I had, um, the individual showed up. They were very, you know, I would say professionally dressed, not like over the top, but they were professionally dressed. Their background was branded. So it was a beautiful, oh. like on brand, like that's who I applied for. I see this beautiful artwork. Um, and then the the person told me a little bit about who they are with the company how they kind of came to be in their position. 
And then they said, and we're going to, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about the position and I'm going to actually tell you the compensation package as well. And then once we're done, you can let me know if you'd like to continue in the interview. Interesting. And I was like, uh, yeah, let's go. So then she told about her story and about like the origin story of the company and where they're at today and some of their values. And then she said, and then for the position that you're applying for, base salary is this. This is our benefits. This is our RSP. This is our whatever. So vacation time, sick time, volunteer time. She included it all, like the whole compensation package. She detailed. There was no secret. That's, that's pretty cool. And then I went, and then after, she's like, so is this something that still interests you? And I said, yes, it does. Thank you very much. And then, so like, it was just, I think that that level of transparency absolutely needs to happen. If you're actually Ooh. talking to a candidate, you know, I hate yeah. it when people are like, what are your salary expectations? More than what you're wanting to pay me. I can promise. That's right. That, that should always be the answer. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so when she laid out the salary for you, did mm -hmm. she give a range? Did she leave it nope. open for negotiation or was it, this is it? Yep. And did you feel like you could negotiate higher? No, but I would say the way that they positioned themselves and how she explained it, she said, based on how we've been performing for the last few years, our company has not been getting uh, their bonuses. And so what we've done is we've increased the salary range. So we've increased the salary to be this point, because if we do make a bonus, it is truly a bonus. It's not something that we're depending on as supplementing our income. Interesting. That's and great. So they, they, That's awesome. So yeah. then they put, you know, it on the higher end, I would say, of what is considered in the industry standard um, okay. so that it, it wasn't going to be something that I would still want to negotiate. Okay. <laughs> Do you feel like if it wasn't, I'm just mm -hmm. wondering, like, let's say it was low by right thousand, would you feel like you would have the ability to counter for she's all that's interesting i think that you know with her saying you know is this something that that would interest you she she did make it clear that she's like this is what we offer for this position like okay. it doesn't really matter who the candidate is like this is what we offer so, yeah so i think at that point you know when you give the compensation it's like this is what we're offering and she mm -hmm. says does this still interest you i think if truly at that point i felt like it was under my value, then I would say, well, actually, I am expecting more this number. Is that anything that we can work within? And if they say, no, unfortunately, this is the offer, and then I can say yay or nay. Then that's it's up cool. to me kind as of flips, the candidate. Uh, the order I, of things, because usually like, that's up to you. Yeah. Well, and you don't get so far down the application road as an applicant, but also as a recruiter, figuring yeah. out, you know, oh, I really like this person. Then you get to that very end and it's like, oh, but we're actually missing the point on how close we are. And here's yeah. what I'm going to tell you, too, as someone who I, I'm not someone who likes to negotiate. That's Either. not in my blood. So, Megan, what else about the interview process is important? I don't want this person to feel that is interviewing me that they have a script. Like maybe they right. have a few notes of things that they make sure that they want to cover. But I really feel like that initial interview should be feeling each other out. Mm -hmm. And so it should be, tell me about yourself. Let me tell you about me and the company and have it be more like a conversation. A learning. Um, yeah. It feels really weird where it's all like, where do you see yourself in five years? It's like, well, hopefully employed with you. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you want me to say? Right. Where do you see yourself in five years? 
likely actually not employed with you because <laughs> yeah. knowing the turnover rate. No, I'm serious. Like the average yeah, rate, true, I think for most people in jobs is about three years now. Yeah, right? Five, so yeah. we're thinking so much about hiring the right people, but what about keeping them, keeping them happy, keeping them satisfied, recognizing that if the other guy is willing to hire them for something more, why wouldn't mm -hmm. you do that? Make them feel so valued in that organization and giving them raises and giving them promotions or giving them other opportunities so that they stay, so that they never actually apply for that other job. I'm going to say that's, that's why I often sound like a broken record, but I'll say it again. Smaller companies have the advantage here because mm -hmm. they can build that relationship and respond to, hey, oh, you want that? Let's talk about that. How do we engage? How do you best motivate you? You can have those conversations. If you have 40 people reporting into someone at Giant Corp B, they never have that opportunity. So then they're trying to do these mass, you know, color with one brush compensation or engagement. It just doesn't, it's not as effective. It's not as personalized. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Shoutouts, where we recognize the things that are making life just a little bit better. Right now we're going to do our shoutout segment. And with the shoutouts, we're going to just give recognition to things and people that we like. So... Jesse, why don't you go first and do our shout outs? So I'm going to take the easy road and, and say that I think we all can align on Cam as an awesome platform to do different things. I'm, I've used it for many infographics and it really helps in all aspects, personal and business, professional. It's, it's awesome. Sweet. Uh, okay, I'm changing my show notes. because I got another one I want to mention. So building on Canva, I want to give a shout out to a website called beautiful.ai. Oh, I don't know this one. Just, I was waiting for someone to be like, oh, yeah, I like that. It's great. No, beautiful.ai is PowerPoint on steroids. It's amazing. They do have a freemium <laughs> version and wow. they also have um, a paid version and I'm, I'm using it a ton and it, it just works really well. It makes PowerPoint slides look way better. So you can create from scratch, but it just does a better job of it. So check it out and uh, you you can um, let me know what you think. I Bookmarking can't wait to it check now. it out. I, I wrote it down right now. It's so like beautiful.ai. Yeah, it's like changed my life. It It's kind of Very like, you know how with PowerPoint, you have to start from scratch every time. And then if you want to build it to make it look good, it's like a ton of work. This is kind mm -hmm. of creates it. it it's, it's so weird how well it works. It's less flexible. And that's right. a weird way of saying it just does a better job because it just kind of creates it how you think it should look and it looks better than PowerPoint. It doesn't look like PowerPoint when you do it. Yeah. It just, cool. Anyway. And you can export to PowerPoint, export to PDF, export to whatever, and upload a PowerPoint and edit. It's sweet. Anyway. I love that. Good cool. Cute. Okay, Megan, what's your show note? Man. This is, ah, uh, man, this is random, but this is going to be some, I, I don't know if it counts. So you can let me know. You can be like, nice, but try again. Uh, I'm currently doing something called the 75 hard challenge. I don't know if you've okay. heard of it. Oh. Um, oh, okay. So I learned about this through online and the challenge is for 75 days following six rules. And that is following a diet, any diet that you choose, but that means no alcohol or cheat meals. 
two workouts, two 45 minute workouts. One of them has to be outside and one of them is inside. Wow. You have to drink a gallon of water a day. And you have to read 10 pages of something nonfiction. So I'm in my first week doing it. Oh, and you have to take a progress picture every day. That one doesn't seem very hard though. But uh, but yeah, so you have to do all of those. And if you miss or fail at one of them, you have to start the challenge over. Like you don't get to keep going. So I That is started... hard. <laughs> and so I've started doing it. And I just want to say for anybody who needs uh, something, a motivation to put themselves first, this is a great way to do it. And outside of anything that you can do for your business, health is wealth. We know this. So uh -huh. putting your own health and well-being at the forefront, it may seem selfish, but it's actually the most selfless thing that you can do because you are going to show up as just such a better person for everybody around you. And actually the drinking water thing, I, I have actually thought of Jesse a number of times this week because like, as I'm like guzzling back this water, it was actually something that Jesse brought up um, in the organization that we worked at previously that he said, drink some water. If you're feeling tired, drink some water. Agreed. <laughs> drink some water. And it's like, hey, how are you doing? Have you drank some water today? And it was just like this constant reminder. Like he was just always on it about water. I'm like, gosh, all right, I get it, water. Uh, and now, oh, now I get it. Now I get it. Now I get how important water is. So, and now you're taking it to the next level. Yeah. But now I'm saying, so at minimum, drink some more water in your life. I'm giving a shout out to H2O because nice, that is what nice. we are made of. And it doesn't matter anything else. If we're not in good health, this, nothing else matters. Wow. This challenge is incredible. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Take a look at it. It's incredible. If you look up like the hashtag, there's going to be lots of people who show their results. And it's just like this incredible community. And I, and I think it's a mindset, you know, like I think you're either the person who does the 75 hard or you don't. And I just went into it not thinking like, oh, I'm going to try the 75 hard. I'm like, no, I'm doing the 75 hard. Um, <laughs> so it's like a mental toughness challenge as well right because by the end of it i'll have read at least 750 pages of nonfiction. that's right yeah books. like incredible right so i think that there's you know just a a shout out to putting yourself first nice. mind body soul yeah i like that a lot that's awesome hey i'm gonna check it out i can't promise that i'll do it that's okay there's it. also 75 medium and 75 soft because some people is there? think that 75 hard is too hard yeah there is and i'm all like oh, oh i thought you were I'm just thinking like that up is it like uh but you know 25 like extra soft <laughs> i'll take the 15 extra medium at least for a habit and incorporate a new habit now listen though like this has like been a journey for me to get to this point. Like uh, about five and a half months ago, I quit smoking cigarettes. Good so I was you. smoking like a pack a day before. So, you know, I think that this is just a part of my personal, you know, health journey. Awesome. Um, but yeah, but just to just for all of us to remember that nothing else matters but our health. Like we have to put our, our own health first. By the way, Megan, no, that doesn't count as a shout out. You got to start over. Oh, shoot. <laughs> that doesn't count as a shout out. <laughs> I'm totally joking. It totally, totally You're joking? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I was totally like, I, like, this has been shout outs. I, oh, this was fun. I appreciate guys, We're going to have to have you on again. Blast. Yeah, we'll have to have right? you back. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed it. And uh, 
yeah, I think it was really insightful. So it's amazing. We really appreciated it. Well, and I had a, such a great time. Thank you guys. I really, I really, really appreciated being here with you. And I really hope that anybody who listens can benefit in some way. Uh, and yeah, thank you for continuing to break HR and what we think about it. <laughs> also, thank you, Megan. I'm awesome. going to do that for every episode. That's just going to be our ending line. We might, we might steal that one. But steal it. It's yours. Thanks for listening. Go make it a great day.